This will surprise no one who listens to this show, but America is single. It's divorced, undercommitted, and hopelessly out of touch with how to build a relationship that lasts. Women in particular are groomed for a life centered on career and on being fiercely independent, as though marriage and family were a nice idea or a possible accompaniment to an otherwise satisfying life. But if flying solo is so great, why are online dating sites a billion-dollar industry, replete with clients looking to get hitched? In my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched, which is available now for pre-order, women get a much-needed detox from the cultural narratives they've absorbed about men, sex, love, marriage, work, and family. Modern women don't need any more help in the professional sphere. They have that in spades. What they don't have is guidance in love and life. How to Get Hitched is not about finding a husband per se, but about how to map out a life that works in every sphere, including marriage and children. It offers women a new roadmap with specific countercultural guidelines that will help them be successful in this domain. How to Get Hitched is the antidote women need to reject the lies they've been fed by our culture. It's about what you really want versus what you've been told you should want and about what is true of men in marriage versus what you've been told is true. Get ready. This book will rock your world. Just go to howtogethitched.net and you'll find all the information you need there. Again, that's howtogethitched.net. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So if you guys recall, back in April, I talked with one of my former clients, Lauren Taylor, who's a married mother of two from South Africa, about what happens when gender roles are reversed and the wife earns more than the husband. Today on the show, I'm going to talk with another one of my clients, but not about the same topic. Madeline is an accountant from Iowa who now lives in San Francisco. She met her fiance, Carl, with whom she now lives and has an interesting story about how she first found out about me, which I will let her tell. Madeline was a joy to work with, and she agreed to come on the podcast to talk with me about our experience together because she feels very passionate about what she learned and wants other women to benefit from it. So I'm very grateful to have her here with me today. Welcome to the show, Madeline. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to you. This is so great. And I just, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your coming on to tell your story. I wish I could get so many more clients. I mean, in my dreams, I would have a different client on every week um, on my podcast to tell their stories, but it's, it's just really hard to get people to want to, to want to do that. And, and actually when I first did it um, in back in April, I was still doing video and that gal came on and um, um, it was a great conversation. And, but that's, that's it. So, um, so I really, really appreciate you're doing this and I, I know you're really excited. So that's, that's even better. <laughs> oh, I am. Wait, was that the British lady? Yeah. 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 I watched. Yeah. Yep. She's, she's really, rich, right? she's, like really she's really rich. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, she had a business. That's right. That's right. I guess we did talk about this. She had an online yeah. business that she was just doing on the side as a wife and mom at home and um and it and it went bonkers yeah and oh, so that's amazing 
I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of people in that same boat, but anyway, that's not your boat. No. Um, we're talking about something different today and um, that, that, yeah. So let's just start with, um, I told people that in the intro that you, you're from Iowa, you're Midwest, Midwestern gal. Aren't we awesome, right? We love the Midwestern gals. For sure. <laughs> Although you have been out there on the West Coast for a long time. Yes. So you want to tell us just a little bit about, well, first of all, how you got there, and then also what the biggest differences are that you've noticed between those two areas of the country. <laughs> well, but. I just wanted, I, I've always been drawn to California. Okay. So I've just always wanted, I have always, since I was little, wanted to be out here. I love the weather. And, and I think it was just like the mountains and the weather and the 70, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's, I just always argue with the weather. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just felt that in my heart. So I went, uh, you know, uh, to the West coast and I ended up in San Francisco. I was in LA for a little bit and then went to San Francisco. And, um, I think, I noticed that California people are very different. I don't even know if it matters what city. I just, I do notice, especially when I was in LA, I just think, um, I, I remember going with a friend to Arkansas. I lived in LA, we went to Arkansas on a trip and uh, everyone was like, they were all, they were 20 years old. They were all married. They were all, it was like, what it like was so Culture different. Shock. Yeah. It really was, I felt like I was in another country. So. I mean, I would say that's a really big difference. I mean, I don't think when it comes to marriage and relationships, we can um, we can understate the difference in the geographical, in the geography with respect to how it's working out for people in those different areas. I mean, the South, I've talked a lot about to people here. They know that I listen to Dave Ramsey regularly and they have, you know, he has all these callers. I mean, three hours a day, all these call-ins. If you listen to it every day, you're just inundated. And so many of them are from the South. Right. And they marry young and they get their financial orders and their, their, yeah, they get their financial lives in order. That's what I was trying to say, which is what they're calling him about. And so I've been sort of in that mode for the past year. Cause I listen to that every day. And I feel like I've walked into a time warp because even that's different from my world in the Midwest in the middle of the country. So yeah. It, and then of course on the East coast and the West coast, it's like you said, everybody, you know, kind of, moves through the world with this respect in one way, right? And how would you describe that? Well, I would say everyone on the West Coast lives together before they get married. But I'm also, in, I'm also, in, I'm in my 30s. And yeah. I think maybe if you're older, you did it differently. However, my parents, uh, they, they lived together before they were married. So that's... That, before that they were engaged even? Before they were even engaged. Yeah. And what, what decade are they in? Um, what? My mom, my parents are 65. Yeah. So they're boomers, I guess. Yeah. Probably yeah. a little bit more common because my parents, you know, they were born in 1922 and 1930. So I think that was a probably a big difference between the greatest generation and the baby boomers because baby boomers is really when, when everything sort of went into a different direction. Um, okay. So, so let's start by telling everybody how you found me because I told them at the opening that was kind of a fun story, but I would let you tell it. Yeah. Okay. I have been with my man for two and a half years and we have gotten into you know several fights and he during our last fight said to me i think you might just be too alpha for me and i just i just froze because i didn't really know what that meant i know that i am alpha in my life i know that but i didn't i didn't see that i was also being that way 
completely, now that I've read your book six times, you know, that I, I was completely doing everything wrong, really, in terms of how to treat a man. I didn't know. I was, not, there's no school, you know, we learn geometry, we learn I even took a cooking class at 12. Like they even teach that. Why is there no like emotional work? There is no, there is no like how to be in a relationship, how to self parent, how to communicate with them. How about just how men and women are different? How about yeah. just, how just that? That would even be enough probably. Cause then if you knew how a man was as a woman, you'd go, oh, well, I probably, I probably shouldn't bother him when he's super preoccupied with something. I'll just wait till he's done. But you know, that I had to learn from you in your book. Thank God. But so I, I researched, so I went online. I'm determined because I, I, I'm so, we're so in love. I'm so in love with my man and I'm Googling like how to help an alpha woman be a, in a good relationship. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, or I'm, I'm literally just Googling anything with the word alpha. And then your book came up and it, and uh, I clicked on it and I was like, and it, you know, from there, it's pretty much just changed my life. But you and you and you actually wrote me when you um, when you signed up for the for the coaching. You know, there's an intake form for anybody who's listening and doesn't know this, and, and it, it'll of course ask you a few questions. And and I laughed so hard when we got got down to the description of you know what's happening in a relationship and how do you want it to be different. And you wrote, I I bought the Alpha Females Guide like I don't know four days ago, and I've read it four times. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what was great about that is that I knew before I even got with you at that point that you were all in right? That anyone who's going to do that is totally ready. I want to change. I was on my hands and knees. Yeah. Hands yeah. and knees. Like, okay, yeah. just tell me, obviously I'm doing stuff right in my life, but I'm, but not, but in, but not right with my man. How do I, I just, I really wanted to, to change. So let's talk about what you, let's describe some, a few things that your relationship was like before. If somebody could be a fly on the wall six months ago, let's say. Okay. So one example would be we, God, I have a million. One, so let's say we're in a fight. I would be like yelling and screaming. So that would just be one. Like he would say something and I, and then it would escalate a little. And instead of just walking out of the room, picking it up the next day, I would, I would like he, I have, I need to say, I have an alpha man, first of all. So mm -hmm. that, that has to be yeah, said. That's he, he's yeah. not going to cower and sit there. So he's, he'll like stand his ground. And then for me, I stand my ground, but mm -hmm. that doesn't work. That does not work. If you want a loving relationship, you, someone has to sit down. And that is me. And I didn't know that that should be me. So now that I know that, our fights last for 20 seconds. They don't even, uh, we haven't had a, a blowout since you. That just warms my heart. I know, I cry. Seriously. Um, so, and, and here's the thing. I remember one of the things that we talked about is that, you know, he's not necessarily going to, he'll recognize what's happening, but he's not necessarily going to want to talk about it. Right. Like no, he, I don't think he thinks anything's different. He thinks it's all the same. And I'm like, this is hundred percent different. Like, are you kidding? But it's fine because we're so calm and happy now. It's just crazy. It's been many, many months. It's not like this is two weeks later. Yeah. I've been implementing everything I learned from you for quite some time. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what a few of those things were that we, that we did. I know that um, cause you know, you and I, you know, I was once upon a time like that. Right. And I, that's what I wrote about in the alpha females guys. My man was, had this alpha in him too. And it was bucking back instead of cowering down and I didn't understand it and went through all this and so on, yada, yada, yada. So one of the things we talked about is that we get, um, where our passion, right. And our anxiety level will go up 
very easily if what like in your i'll tell you what mine is you can tell me what yours is so for me it's like if something doesn't 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 work in the way that i want it to work you know like i don't mean have have to have it be my way that's not what i mean i mean just a one plus one has to equal two and if it doesn't i'll just sit there and try to figure it out until it does and sometimes life you know can't be figured out that way and it's okay and you can just move on kind of thing what are the things for you um that would cause an anxiety uh, well, one for, for sure, for me, it, it would definitely be if something doesn't go my way. That actually is something for me that I, that I do struggle with. If I'm like, I used to like, like one example, I don't even know if this is totally answering, but if he, he came, he came home, he came home one day and he, he was so happy after working and he worked so hard and he was like, and all day, all I wanted was a dirty martini with my man before dinner. Like I, I was thinking about it for eight hours. He comes home and he's lit up and excited. He's like, babe, would you like a bottle of wine tonight? Let's have wine. And I said, okay, baby. All I wanted was a martini, but he was so happy. Yeah. And why? Oh, uh, no, I don't want wine. I'm going to do a martini. You have the wine. I mean, why? Why? Excellent. There's no reason. So I just went with it. And you know what? It was a fantastic bottle of wine. Amazing. And I had like the best night ever. And it wasn't about the martini. But for me, sometimes it's about, I have something in my head that I want, but if it doesn't go the way I want, I still have the opportunity to go with the flow and be a right. wonderful, be yeah. a wonderful partner. Make it easy. Men like easy. Men like easy. And like easy. Um, I mean, they don't want complications, you know, they, they're, you know, if they're, if they're working in the traditional sense, they're working in, they're doing that all day or whatever, they're dealing with people. Um, they don't want to come home to another fight. And that's, that's really the gist of the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, that's, and I, you know, I, I witnessed this growing up. People have heard me talk about this before. My mom definitely liked a good fight. I don't think she was comfortable unless she was in that mode <laughs> um, because she was good at it. Um, and so that has its place, you know, but it's not in your relationship at home, obviously. So men aren't going to respond to that. That's not at all what they're looking for. Um, what do you think, do, I know I asked you this before, but you have to remind me, you and I know that you would never in a million years have gotten this from the culture, this information, right? No, Was never. It, never, never. I mean, you and me both. I mean, anybody who's born after, I don't know, 19... I mean, even I was born in 1968, so I don't know anybody after 1975, I guess. But was it also, um, was it was it childhood related at all, or was it personality, just just flat out your personality, or was it? Um, do you think it's more? Do you think it's more in you anyway, or do you think it's more cultural based? I just think it's cultural because my parents they actually they were like, don't, don't have sex before you're married. Don't live with a man. They said all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Not as much as you probably, you know, like I, I think it was, I, I kind of always knew, but then it, it wasn't really, really like discussed one-on-one -on -one, heart to heart, but I knew in the back of my mind, which, I mean, I know you didn't ask about sex, but I, I only, I was only intimate with with guys I, I was in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. I never had one night stands. I, I never, that to me seemed like the scariest thing in the world yeah. to, to yeah. do. I, I fundamentally was like, I just, why? Mm -hmm. Like, do, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, but everyone I knew was, by the way. So I think, I just, I just think it's cultural. And I remember even like five years ago, way before I even knew you existed, I, I've noticed such a change in like, I remember saying to my friend, how funny. Like, I'm noticing that women are men and the men have become women. Isn't that interesting? 
And I said that five years ago. You did, really? I saw it, it was clear as day one. All the men that I was looking at, I, I wouldn't want to date. I can't date a man that's not powerful, alpha, successful, like is gonna put me in my place. Like I, I and all the men I would meet would be in like these little feminine outfits and like, they're just not, they don't stand up to their woman. They're just, oh yes, yes, okay, whatever you want. I've just noticed that. And it's, it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic, it's, Madeline. Yeah. It's terrible. It must, it must be way worse where you are. Oh, it's everywhere. That's what I'm saying. That, that's, okay. it, yeah. So meeting my man was a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, it, yes, on the East Coast and the West Coast. So we, we tend to find that the, those trends sort of start there, right? The cultural trends tend to sort of start there. That's where a lot of the media is and that's where it's filtered through. And then it kind of moves into, this is my theory, it's not like a proven thing, moves into the rest of the country, into the middle. And, and, it, and it does get in there for sure, but it's not as dominant as it is on those two coasts. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Okay, so let's talk about a few of the things um, that you did differently that we talked about. Because I think a lot of times people want to know, like, what do you talk about in your coaching sessions? What, what, you know, what's involved in it? So let's go through some of those. So one of the things that you, if you recall, um, I was pretty big on, am pretty big on, is is mantras. And I haven't talked a lot about mantras publicly, although I do it obviously in my sessions all the time. But um, mantras are, you can use a different word, um, but that's what I think of is something that you tell yourself to override your reactions or your feelings or even your thoughts if it's a thought that isn't productive right because we can't help what comes into our minds but we can help what we do with that we can change our behaviors we can't change our feelings so i'm somebody for example who will is very um i'm not patient by nature and i will um say what i'm thinking right? So I had to teach myself to be more patient, to be slower, mm-hmm. to not speak every thought I had. And, and the, that's where the mantra came in to play. And so I kind of try to tailor it in the coaching to what it is that you're really struggling with. And I can't remember yours in particular, you can tell me, but how did you find the mantra? Um, how did you find it? Was it effective? Yes. I mean, in a moment where I feel, you know, triggered or like I want it my way or, or I'm just in that moment of upset and I want to calm down because I don't want to have a fight. I just say, you know, I just, in my mind, I just kind of close my mind. Everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. I say that like 10 times and breathe and then it's like gone. And then I'm like, what am I, what am I worried about? I mean, it, it, it helps me substantially in that moment. And that's, yeah. And so that's what I want people to hear is that, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, when you're sort of picking a fight, if you want to call it that, with your guy, you're really reacting to your own emotions. You're feeling something in the moment that he's very often not related to. He has nothing to do with it. And he just happens to be there. And so it's your job to take those emotions and do something constructive with them so that it does not hurt your relationship at the end of the day. So that's where the mantras come in. Um, and And just so people can, if they want to use this now, um, or try it out. It's a short phrase that you come up with that is what you'd like to be more like, or what you'd like to do better. And you say it literally like thousands of times in a day to yourself in your head. And that sounds really daunting, but you'd be surprised how many occasions that you'll have to actually do that, whether you're washing your hands or you're standing in line at the market or you're in the car or whatever. There's a lot of space there to tell yourself something every moment um, so for me, it was, it was my 
fallback. It still is my fallback. I mean, I'll probably doing it, probably be doing it forever. Um, I choose to be quiet. I choose to be calm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's, that's mine. Cause that's what I need. And I, I, I seriously think I will use it forever, but I use it a lot less than I did when I started this for sure. So it's, it's quite a process, but anyway, it works to train your brain to, to think differently than it's wanting to think, if you will. And then of course you, you, you bypass conflict that you would otherwise have. That's totally unnecessary. Okay. What about, um, timing? Let's talk about timing. Um, one of the things that I'm very big on is, is understanding that there's a time and a place to talk to your man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that so often, especially when you're obviously living in the same space and you're married, you just, you don't stop to think about whether or not he's busy doing something. You just kind of talk. And because we are by nature talkers, right? Women and feeling oriented, there's just a lot of stuff that they're taking in that they really don't want to take in, but they're not going to tell you to shut up. So they're just going to take it in and pretend like they're listening or because you're overloading them. Right. So there's that piece. So you got to talk less in order to get more from him. And then you also want to pick the right time. Yes. Were you able, did we, we talked about that, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one example of that for me, um, and I was looking at my phone to show this text that he sent is, uh, we went away this weekend, it's like five hours each way. And I barely spoke in the car. Like we were listening to our country or no music and the windows were down and the warm breeze and the mountains, it was so pretty. And we've done this trip maybe, I don't know, a hundred times. And he looks at me around hour four and goes, I, like, I've, I've never heard you this quiet, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just so happy. I'm, I'm great, you know? Uh, but I was following his kind of lead and he was, and my man's very kind of calm. He's grounded. He's very like the stable, he's driving. He's not a chatterbox, okay? Yeah, he's right. not my best friend, you know, Katie. Right. And then I get this text, so he's busy at work today. And then he texts me, which also I'd like to talk about that because that's been really monumental, just the difference of him leading. But so I get a text from him and he wrote, you know, you were so, I know this is funny, but you were so hot this weekend. I didn't know what to do. And that's not, it's not that that's not common, but I know that by me allowing him to just be a man in every way and by being quiet on those drives and not gossiping about all the girl stuff I have going on and oh my, my job and what should I do? And just silence. We were just having coffee and silence and he was so grateful for it. And I believe that text was a reflection of that. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I cannot express to people the power of silence. You know, whenever I try to write this or, or, or maybe create a meme where there's no context around it, you know, there'll be people be like, what do you mean? You're supposed to just sit there and not have no, you know, no identity, no, no uh, opinions. No, you know, that is so not it. That is so not it. The power of silence is meeting him where he lives, which is very much in his head and, 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 and not demanding something of him that he's really not equipped for or interested in. And it endears him to you. Is that a good way of putting it? I don't know how else to say it. Maybe I'll hear from men after this. I'll be like, yes, that's right. Or no, that's not right. That's what I feel when I, when I, the quieter I am, the more effective, 
things are and the more and the better my relationship is. Yes. And the more he comes to you. Yes. Hello, women, we want to be pursued. It's like we are in a in an era of like the woman does everything. The woman makes all the money. The woman does all. It's like, okay, relax. Like you're <laughs> like, okay. And the woman's alone. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Let yeah. the man be a man. That's yeah. what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And, and it's what you want him to do. You just yes. don't know you do because nobody the world won't tell you that that's okay. No, they tell you you don't need a man. So yes. therefore you actually have carved a life that shows that you actually don't need your man. Bingo. That and sucks. Right. It's a suck. And until you employ these skills and see it for yourself, you just don't, you, first of all, you've never even heard it. And then if you do, you might not believe it. So that's why I go back to what I was saying at the beginning when you, when you're like, I got your book and read it four times in four days or something. And I was thinking, mm -hmm. oh, this, this gal's, she's all in. Yeah. You have to be ready. You have to be ready for sure. Yep. yep. And you were. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about um, turning a nag into a statement of desire? Tell people what that's oh, all about. Oh, that's a good way. But, but first, before I say that, I also, I really want to say, you sent me this amazing post the other day. And I also heard a, a similar story. I just think... A lot of women or myself, if I complain about how oh, he always leaves his socks around, which my man doesn't, my man's very clean. Actually, he does. In the morning, he will leave them. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. But I look at his socks and I go, see, I could get emotional because I would go, if I, if I stopped seeing those socks, like what if he were to die? What if he were gone? And then I don't get those socks. Like yeah. I would... I would be devastated. I do I, that too. Well, I, I, I do that myself. As yeah. women, we yep. get too naggy, too complainy. It's like, we need to stop and be grateful that we have a man that's laying his life down for us, that loves us. Like we need to show them gratitude and ourselves gratitude. And it, it, I just get emotional because a lot, of, a lot of my friends complain about, oh, my guy does this. And I have, I've even texted you, this is annoying with the chandelier. It's still not up, it's still not up. Well, you know what, he's alive, he loves me. He gives me an amazing life. How about those things? And you said, there's going to be, go if you find someone else, maybe he'll put the chandelier up right away, but then I'll have another slew of issues. That's right. Right? Right. It's like right. We all have issues. It's like, which issues can we deal with? And, and I love my man to pieces and I love his socks on the floor. And when I pick him up, I love him. I don't mind. I, I am not angry about, about it at one bit. Were you before? I would kind of have the feeling of how rude, like, how, for someone who's so clean, what does he think? I'm just going to pick these up. I did have those thoughts. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I would rather have them there than not have them there. So tell people what a, turning a nag into a statement desire means. God, I might need you for this. So, I mean, it's something you have coached me with. So, okay. So is this the chandelier? This is the chandelier example. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Let's use the chandelier example. The chandelier in you the dining room. Tell people first what you wanted and yeah. Well, I wanted the room painted and the chandelier on the ceiling, like installed, just a, a super quick installation situation. And, um, you know, for me, I, I could probably get all that stuff done on one afternoon, given how I make things happen in my life. To me, it's very simple. Get a painter, you get an electrician, done. That one, one weekend or one afternoon, that's knocked out. So, you know, I would bring it up and then, Mon I mean, months would go by with this paint and just wasn't happening. And he's like, oh, we're going away every weekend. And it was kind of always, always the thing. And, and I think with the paint, my best friend ended up coming and, 
and I, and to the house to visit. And, and I was, and I was like, oh, you know, I was like, baby, you know, you know, Kim would love to see the, the gray on the wall. She would just love it so much. She just, and by the way, my best friend doesn't care about design, doesn't want to see the gray on the wall. She was sleeping actually. I had to wake her up. She was watching like the Kardashians or something. And I was like, just, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this to him. She's like, okay, okay. She's like, yeah, but I love it. You know? <laughs> and then he comes out and he's like, oh, oh, oh okay. All right. And then um, I kind of set up the paper on the floor. He's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, you know, I just thought, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, just so nothing, I don't drip anything. Cause sometimes I could just drip. And he was like, well, I'll do it. No, I'm going to do it. I got it. I got it. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I have this girls. I got it. And now he's excited and he's painting the wall, the two different shades. And then when it's done, I said, Carl, which, uh, or no, no, Carl said to me, he goes, girls, which ones, which color do you like more? And Kim didn't know what to say. So I like nudge her, I'm like, say the top one, say the top one. Cause she doesn't care or no, she cannot even see that there's two different shades. And, and then she's like, oh, the, the top one. And then I was like, yeah, the top one. He's like, yeah, that top one looks real good. And now the, the room got painted. So it's like, I don't know, it seemed a little, I don't know if that's a clear example, but it's a little bit of having a little bit of fun. My friend really helped and just kind of making it, I told you to paint the, see, why isn't it painted? When you get into that, I think that your man will never sleep with you again, if you do. <laughs> that's no well, man. Yeah, he'll have a lot of different reactions depending on the guy, you know, he'll either buck back, buck against it, or he'll cower and say nothing and walk away. But then, like you said, like definitely. Oh, no, then please. No. You just love killing. You just, and I've learned that. I used to say stuff like that to him. I used to be like, I told you, how, how hard is it? I can make a call and get it done in 30 seconds. I used to say that stuff. I had no training that that is not how you speak to a man, any man, even my father. When I talked to my dad, I used to be like, dad, it's not a big deal. I'll just call and make it happen. I still don't even do that to my father. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's not just the man you love intimately, but all men. Oh, I agree. All, all warriors in, in their own way. And so are we but we have our different parts. Absolutely. No, I think that was a fine example. I'll just throw out another one, like um, just so in case people aren't entirely clear. So basically anytime you want to say something that will be construed as a nag or a whining or a complaining, rather than complaining about what it is you don't have or you don't, yeah, what it is you don't have, you make a statement, you turn it into a statement of desire about what you want. Oh, I didn't say that. Yes, that's, that's okay. exactly that's what I, that's what I, we were sitting at the dining room table in the dark. Like you said, you're like, sit in the dark without the shit. Cause the chandelier was not hung yet. <laughs> we're in the dark and I did not like candles on purpose because Suzanne said no candles. That's it. So we're sitting in the dark. It's ridiculous in my opinion, but I'm just, you know, I'm loving on him and we're talking about our day in the freaking dark. And then I'm like, you know what, Carl, I would love, I, I can't wait for this room to be finished. It's going to be so amazing. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm going to call that electrician tomorrow. <laughs> You know, like, I didn't know. I didn't, you didn't tell me the details after we texted that. So let's back up a little bit and tell people they might be a little confused. So I offer um, communication with my clients in between our sessions. So we meet once a week for an hour, but then in between people have access to me via WhatsApp. So Madeline is referring to is our conversations in between our sessions where something would happen. She'd be like, Oh my God, what do I say? What do I say? And then I text basically what to do. And that's what she's talking about. And I never did get the result of what happened. Completely forgot. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Then it was his idea and and he was excited and then he made it happen. And then the guys came and it was wonderful and they put it up. But I, I just gave up 
I gave up, you know, did you call? Did you call? Did you call? Well, I, I could call. I mean, I did a couple of those because it was a couple months. It's a little annoying for me. And that's, I did. A You're going to mess up from time to time. I mean, I did. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I you know, and then I was like, well, he's obviously going to call when he wants to call. And I sort of just said, well, you know what? I just love the hell out of this man. And he gives me this great life and we, we're just going to eat in the dark for a while. And like, that's cool. And then he did it a lot quicker than <laughs> I, I, I love playing. that example, Madeline. I love it. I didn't, I did yeah. not get the, the end story on that. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, that, that was that's amazing. perfect. That's just yeah, I mean, there's just, and these, I truly believe these are things that were passed on from generation to generation before. I often refer to that film, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and the mom tells the daughter, Tula, you know, make him think it's his idea, or, you know, there's all these different, you know, using your quote-unquote feminine wiles to to get this relationship peaceful, right, and get what you're both wanting, and it's about relying on your feminine and masculine natures, and of course, that's what people are struggling with so much today, because as you say, we've reversed it. And people are shooting blanks. They're like, I don't understand what the problem is. And I keep coming back at, look, you move with the biological tide, you won't have conflict. I mean, you'll have conflict because life is filled with conflict. Yeah. You won't have a power struggle, let's put it that way. And if you, if you buck against it, you, you're never going to have peace. You're never going to have a relationship that you're looking for. You've got to release all of that. Um, you got to break, tear down that wall, <laughs> right? And, and, and not think that you have to um, brace yourself for being oppressed by this person because if you don't have your way that day that means that you are oppressed right I mean it's, it's so in people it's so in women they don't realize that it's in their very being that they've absorbed all this crap Yes. And I, going along with that, I had um, a girlfriend come over a few nights ago and we still want to do like, we may or may not want to put a drape above, above. we're really, in, we're like into design. It's little, this little team yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing we might want to do is a curtain. And I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah, but I don't, I was telling her why I may or may not like it. And I was like, well, Carl isn't really a fan of doing it. And she's like, put it up anyway. <laughs> And I, I literally, thank you. I said nothing because I'm not gonna like. She yeah, was right. Come from my school or your school, now my school of thinking. But I'm just going. Well, that's first of all, she's single. Let's just get that. She's my age, and okay. and she's extremely successful. She's everything that you talk about, and I'm like, um, but she's alone, literally, and looking but can't find. And I'm like, well, if you approach your relationship that way, which you obviously do, that's that's why you're alone. That's why, that's why it's this, that's why you're single. And it must be really hard to stay quiet because you're probably torn between this isn't my place to say, of course, on the other hand, I know this thing and I can't tell her, or I don't want to ruin the relationship or whatever. But at the end of the day, who is going to tell these people, right? Who? I know, I know. You I know, know, I'm not suggesting it has to be you. I'm just saying, I'm just thinking about your being in that position. And I know, I, I, I Oh, know. it's so hard. I mean, I was sitting, here's another example for anyone listening. And I, I wonder if any of the women listen, do this. Cause I was one that did this, but we're, we're sitting at sushi and a couple are, we are with two friends. So it's us and them. And the, our friend is talking about how if she didn't do everything, nothing would get done. <laughs> and her husband is sitting there and he kind of looks down and then he's like, 
well, that's, that's not true. Come on. That, that's, that, that's not true. And it was so awkward. Like I would never speak that way. One, I don't believe that about my man. I wouldn't say it, but if I did believe it, I definitely wouldn't say it in front of another couple. And it was humiliating for that man. And it embarrassed her because it made me go, that's a woman that doesn't treat her man right. And we know what that's like, and you know? You can't unsee that, Madeline. You can't unsee it. Once you've seen this, what we've worked on, what you've learned, you'll never go back. And you, all of a sudden, you're going to be out with your friends and it's going to be glaring. I, I just think it's society. I think it's how we're raised. I really do. I think it's what oh. we are around. Absolutely. That's why I'm so passionate about, you know, this book I have coming out in August, which lays out a whole different program for women who believe these lies that the culture has told them. And, and so sex, important. the sex one is certainly one of them. There's a whole chapter on that. So um, important. And, and especially, you know, my question is always the same. I come back to it every single time. It's really very simple. What do you want, right? What, what is the goal? What are you looking for? If they're, if they're vulnerable and if they feel safe and if they can say, well, I'd like to be married, which by the way is taboo to even want to admit. Sometimes I think women don't even know they want that because they're told so many times that they don't are told so often that they don't. Mm -hmm. um, if that is your goal, there's a way to get there. And clearly what you're doing isn't working. Like, how's that working for you, right? Like, there's no, how are you gonna get from A to B? You know, and it, have it presented and framed in such a way by starting with where are you going and what are the steps to get there? And, and that, that, that connection of, of that with strength is so sad and so common that they actually believe that being strong and confident means sleeping around at will because I'm like you. I'm like a man. I can do this. Oh, you're you, so not like men. Oh my it, God. Oh my God. And that God. you don't have to give up being a strong human mm -hmm. and still have standards and not do that and be a woman, not a man. Like they're not mutually exclusive, but they don't get that. No one's told them this. No, and I think I figured this out on my own, actually, without my parents or obviously you or books or anything. I, I figured out everyone was having sex in high school. I wasn't. I had a boyfriend and I learned by not sleeping with him, he, he's, he hung on. Yeah, right. And I was always the one that had the boyfriend, like Same. for forever. Same. Like I had it. And yep. all my friends were, they were dating 50 different people and yep. they were all like, they never yep. had a real connection. I did. Even though I was a kid, it was still kid connection. I had wonderful, beautiful connections at a very young age because I was not, I did not have sex for a while. Same. And so you wonder like what separates, if you grew up in the same environment culturally, you would think it would have to be parental, but you're saying you're thinking maybe it's not parental. So then you're like, or some people just put those, put that together early on. I put it together. I just put it together. And I was like, well, I would rather be connected and have a somewhat this little team partnership. I'd rather have that than a guy oh, that has sex sure. with me. Yeah, goes right. away. Right. Like, I figured that out. That was me. So, I mean, yeah, me too. And I just, I, and, I mean, in fact, I grew up the opposite of like, you're saying your mom lived with her, with your dad. And mine were from a previous generation where it was no sex before marriage, you know, and that was drilled into me. And um, I didn't quite uh, jump on board with that concept, but I certainly did not in any way, shape or form, jump on the opposite concept, which mm -hmm. is sex is just sex. Right. So to me, there's a middle ground. And I, I've often felt that you can't simultaneously, and I've talked to very religious people about this, 
Uh, you cannot say, um, don't have sex before your marriage, oh, before you're married, and oh, by the way, don't worry about marriage until you're in your 30s. <laughs> you cannot say both of those things. You have to pick. So right. either, that's okay, not have sex before marriage and then get married at 22, because that, that's how they did yeah. in the old days, yeah. or even yeah. earlier, because you're going to be horny a lot earlier than 22. That's it. That is the message, that you just, you can't have both of those things. Right. So you've got to give a message. If you're going to say, okay, delay marriage, then you have to give them something to go on. What the hell are they supposed to do in the meantime? Just hump everybody that moves, you know, or everybody that they're in a relationship with? That's obviously not going to fly, which is what's happening. So there's this whole other way to approach sex and relationships and marriage than, the, than those two extremes. And that is, in my opinion, what, what we're talking about, which is sex is about attachment and relationships and commitment. You, if you're going to not get married till you're 27, 28, chances are you're going to have sex before you're 27 or 28, right? But, but it's within the context of a monogamous committed relationship. Right. Obviously, uh, yeah. So, so that's, that's my happy medium between those two extremes. Other people will disagree. That's fine. But at the end of the day, I still make the argument you cannot say both delay marriage. Oh, and by the way, don't have sex before you're married. That just doesn't apply. That's yep. just... So common sense sex, smart sex is, is sorely lacking in our country today. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can completely teach this in schools, except that it's not PC. <laughs> so there's that. I loved yeah. it when you got so excited in a text one day, you're like, you have to teach this in schools. Nobody knows this stuff. You got to start them young. Oh, it's true. I think you have to start way younger than 20s. You have to go like, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 in the home. So yeah, all the women that listen to you are old enough to have kids that are eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. All of the women listening should be implementing this with their little, with their children. That, that, that I think that'll save their lives. I couldn't agree more. I've come back to that every time. I said, that's all we have left is parenting. There's yeah. no other way to fight this except in yeah. your own home. Yep. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I touched upon everything on my little notes here, Madeline. Can you think of anything that we're missing? That we haven't uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just to, I just think I'm really grateful to you. And I think, you know, let a man be a man. I just want to say a couple of things like that I've really learned from you that I implement daily that have changed my, my life personally and our relationship. And that's letting him be a man. You know, he makes the reservations, period. He makes them. Uh, I, because I, I always know like what I want. I always know. I want Italian. I want sushi. I want French. Like I know what I want. Please, I'm alpha. Oh, you think I don't know what I want for dinner? I knew last week. But do you think I'm going to say, hey, call Friday night, make a reservation. Like, what am I? Do I have a penis all of a sudden? Now he will never sleep with me. This man will not be attracted to me. So it's like, that was hard for me to just stop and go, well, we're going to go somewhere this weekend. And I can't wait to find out what the date is and just stop controlling and just let him do it. So I do that, you know, he plans the vacations. Now that's not to say if I want to go somewhere, I'll say, hey, I want to go to Vegas. Yeah. And he can plan that. Yep. But I, I will always say if I have an opinion, but then I let it go. Yeah. I don't, right? All you have to do, plant, plant the seed and, that, and, and let, let it fly. Let him Yeah. Fly. And then, you know, your A1 moment for me, it was Snapple. I would tell him, Snapple's just for the weekends, honey. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I remember you. What was that? I forget about why Snapple's. Was well, that it was I don't know. There's like poison in it. I'm convinced. And you know, oh. I said, well, you can only have it on the weekends. And he said, okay. And he listened like a good boy, but what the heck? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, you know what? Actually, this is a recovery moment, a fun recovery. Maybe we just end on this. This is about mothering this, which I 
as so I don't have children, right? So, but I have lots of nephews and nieces, and I, I feel like I partly raised my little sister. So I have that in me for sure. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting at the table, and I fundamentally believe texting is rude at the table. That's just my belief. I believe I don't text during, I don't bring this during a dinner table at all. But, you know, life happens, and sometimes we're at a quick little place because we're on a motorcycle and we're in and we're out, and the, the, the phone is on the table. Anyway, so Carl texts someone while we're waiting for the Mexican food to arrive. And I, and I was like, oh, really? I was like, maybe, why, why don't you just wait to text whoever it is that you're texting till after we eat? Just like I'm talking to a six-year-old and he knows about you, right? And he's like, he goes, darling, this is mothering. And I went, oh my God, I'm mothering you. I'm so sorry. Go on. My bad. My bad. I get that. I don't like the texting, but go ahead. Do I, I love you. I'm sorry. That was a mothering moment. I won't do it again. And I got to correct it in that. He helped me correct yeah. it in the moment. And just, yeah, I mean, just to know that there's, it. I can imagine some people hearing this who haven't tried this yet, because everyone's going to relate to this. I mean, I'm just confident that every woman listening to this, most of them anyway, will relate to this to some degree. It's just about there being more than one way to skin a cat. You know, you take, go back to that situation of him texting, and I've been there. I've, I've been there. I've looked at my husband, mm -hmm. if he, you know, I, 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 I'm over, I don't think I've made comments in a long time, but I, once in a while do still have the look. And I talk about the look in the book. I, I don't care to just not say something. You also can't give the look. And I'm, I'm, I'm still not quite there, but I'm a thousand times better than I was. So occasionally I mess up and I will do the look and he'll notice the look. And then that immediately puts me back on the right page because I recognize that I did it. Whereas in the past, I just wouldn't have even recognized it. But if you're upset about that, the point is to understand that when you're married, you go through, you know, you have decades together there, do you want to have that same exchange for the rest of your life? Or do you want to either A, accept that he may always do that and just, just ignore it and get over it. Or B, if it's that bothersome, figure out another way to make your point. Yep. So one of the things that I do that kind of makes the point is if he picks it up and we're in, sometimes you have that people, I have to do a whole thing on texting, but you know, couples, because their phones are with them all the time, we always try to make it a point to when we're having a conversation, those phones are either face down or they're not in the vicinity if it's an important conversation. But of course, if you're living together day in and day out, you can't do that when you have a conversation that's not realistic. So sometimes you might be using it when I'm trying to talk to them or you can't figure out like who started first. Did you talk first or were you texting first? So I just say very calmly, I'll just wait till you're finished. That's brilliant. I've done that. It works. And he got the message with zero nagging. I'll just yeah. wait till you're finished. Like I'm not, and I'm not mad. I'm not messing around. I'm not saying, well, oh, okay. you're finished. Yeah. I mean, I'm genuinely, I'll just wait till you're finished. Yep. What's and I totally wish I said that. That would have been great. And he has responded well to that. Yeah. But also at the end of the day, it's like, for me, I really got to look at, well, why does that really bother me? And then I got into stuff that I'm working on and it's like, well, that's my work away from my wonderful man. That's, that's separate. And I shouldn't put that on him. He's beyond trustful. He's wonderful. Like, he just sent stupid. It was, it was, it was really nothing. Shouldn't have merited that. So at the end of the day, I think, take a look at, like for me, I take a look at if I, if I react strongly to something, there's a reason. Yeah. And that's where my work is. I get to look at well, why is it so strong? That's the most important piece of this whole yeah. thing. Because it's all about looking inward instead of pointing fingers. Once yeah. you do that, you'll, you'll win. Exactly. Yeah. Madeline, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This has been so fun. I just love talking to you and I miss talking to you. I used to see you every week and now I don't. Except I for 
Well, we yeah. do our, our texting. I still got you for yeah. five months. I do, this, I do have this constant contact for previous coaching clients for anybody who's interested where you can, for a certain fee, you have access to me via, via text for six months. So and thank God for that. Yeah. And I still come up with all kinds of stuff. Oh, should I say this? I mean, so many, and you're like, no, don't say that. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. Okay. You know, it's just really helpful. Really. Yeah. Helpful. It's like having your own like relationship concierge in your pocket. Right. It, yeah. I yeah, I think it's a big deal. When I remember when I started to offer that, people were like, oh, do you want to offer that? Because I could really go haywire. And I'm like, you know, I have to trust that people, I can talk with them and kind of figure it out. Obviously, you can't talk to me all day, every day. But it's been great. I haven't had anybody take advantage of it. It's just been super. And I, I'm really proud of that offering because I think it's a big deal. And it's extremely helpful. Awesome. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So great to talk to you. And um, yeah, we will chat soon. And yeah, that's about it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Madeline. And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook by typing in the Facebook search bar, The Suzanne Venker Show. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.